0: from so um so yeah so these are my people this is my family um okay so um I want you guys to think about whatever year you are freshman sophomore junior senior um think back over your time in college so far so that might be two weeks that might be two years um I took a victory lap at NC State so maybe that's your reality too um there's no shame in that but think back don't answer this question out loud you don't need to raise your hand But think about since coming to college, what are some things that you have done um, that you would have never been able to do at home or never allowed to do at home? Um, So I'm going to give you some examples. There's probably some more things. Again, I don't need to hear your answers. Um, But maybe you've had Chick-fil-A for three meals a day, okay? Or more. Maybe you've had it for six meals straight. I don't know. Um, Maybe you've stayed up for 24 hours straight. Or uh, one thing I thought I was going to cookout at 1 a.m. because in my household, right, cookout at 1 a.m. sounds like a really good idea, but in my household, I don't know if this was the case, midnight was our curfew because nothing good happens after midnight, okay? Um, But cookout sounds pretty good after midnight, Um, okay? Maybe you haven't had a vegetable in two weeks or another big no-no in my house. Maybe you've worn your bathing suit to class or the dinner table. Like, that was just not a thing. We weren't allowed to do that, but we live at the beach here. That just seems normal. Matthew, wears wetsuit to class, I know, a couple times um, when he was here, and so for me, when I was thinking about tonight um, and thinking about things that were different when I started out college, so like I said, I went to NC State, um, and my freshman year at NC State, I lived in a dorm um, right in the central part of campus, um, and so there are always people outside. The running joke is there's lots of brick at NC State, and it's true, I like the brick. I think it looks fine. But it gave room for people um, to do things like play games. Um, There's plenty of space, like, right outside our dorm to do lots of things. And so one of the things that people would often do is play games. And so this was probably, I I believe it was before classes started, maybe my fourth, fifth night in the dorm. And I walk out of the dorm, walk down the stairway, out of the door, and I look. And over next to my dorm in some open brick space, there are these guys, guys, girls, I don't remember, a few people Playing Four Square. You guys familiar with that game? Four square. You take like a a dodgeball or a kickball. I don't really understand fully how it plays, how you play it, but you're either trying to get it into a square or keep it from a square. But, anyways, these people are playing this game. Obviously, not something super memorable, other than the fact that this guy who is playing the game is playing in his underwear, okay? Nothing but his underwear. Just his tidy whiteies, you guys, and like that's what made this memorable for me. Right. Okay. Um, and so outside, yes, you're welcome for that mental image that you will now get to enjoy with me. Um, I had to actually see it. Um, but I'm a big rule follower in nature. And so I'm certain, you know, among other things, when I walk out, I'm thinking you're allowed to do this. (laughs) Like, can you do that? Is that okay? He probably wasn't allowed to do that at home. He probably wasn't allowed to do that there, right? But he was, he was doing it. And so um, that just really stuck out to me. Um, And so um, I think for all of us, when we get to college, right? We often can adopt this new motto, big or small. And so we have a little clip we want to show you guys um, about our new motto. To train all the days from this day to that for one chance just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives but they'll never take our freedom Never take our freedom. Um, I'm not doing it justice, right? But I don't really like Braveheart. It's just a great clip, okay? Freedom—that's what they're about. And so I don't know about you guys, but I think that's the reality for a lot of us, right? When we come um, to college, we—it's this transition season of life. And I felt it. You guys felt it. You're on your own. You have some freedom, right? Like mom and dad are still checking in. I mean, maybe even if you live close by, I lived 30 minutes from where I was, but still a lot of freedom Um, and I, I think this is just a great a great motto like even as an adult right I love my girls they're really cute when I get some time away from them and I'm riding away from the house like this freedom is playing in my head okay I think freedom is something that we all want. And I think freedom is something that we were created for. um, And I think that's the reason that we crave it. And so, what I want to share with you guys tonight is about freedom. Um, And so, we're going to look at what does the word even mean, um, what keeps us from experiencing freedom, and what might it look like for us to actually experience um, freedom as we were intended to. Um, And so, if you have a Bible, I would love for you to open it to Galatians 3. Um, we're going to put it up on the screen, I think. Okay, Matthew made my slides, too, because I don't know how to do that, and so uh, I'm pretty sure it's up there. Thank you so much. Um, but if you don't have a Bible, just as a side note, one, there are a lot of great apps you can get, so we would love to share with you about those. Um, and if you don't have a Bible app, especially if you don't have a Bible at all, please talk to me, talk to one of the staff, the student leaders. Um, you can stop by our info table on the way out, and we would love to get a Bible in your hands. Um, Okay, so Galatians 3 um, is where we're going to land, but um, I think context is really important, so I just want to give you guys just a brief, brief um, little background on Galatians. And so Galatians is a letter in the New Testament, and it was written by Paul. Um, And so Paul, if you grew up in the church, um, if you grew up reading the Bible, or even if you didn't grow up and you're just Um, you know, maybe in church the past year or two, or you're, you're, have explored more spiritual things, you've likely heard about Paul, um, pretty popular figure in the Bible. If you haven't, that's okay. Um, What I want to tell you about Paul is, um, I would probably have described Paul um, like a lost sheep, like Reese shared with us about last week. Paul was a lost sheep. He was somebody who uh, not only um, did not follow Christ, but he persecuted Christians. Um, And then God um, radically changed his life and not only that, but he gave him a rescue mission um, to go and share with others. Um, and so Paul is who wrote the book of Galatians, um, and it is, like I said, a letter. And so it's written to the churches of Galatia. Um, and so there are Galatia's a region, Galatia was a region, and it was divided into northern and southern, um, and there were multiple churches within both of those. Um, from what I read, we're not exactly sure which northern or southern did he write it to, um, but on his missionary journeys, Paul had visited both, and so he's writing to people that he knows. He's writing to people that he's been with um, before. All right, and then since it's written to churches, um, I think it's really important for us to note this is written to people who've already believed that salvation is through Christ alone, um, and so maybe you're here, and that's, that's a fact for you, um, and maybe you're not um, there yet. Maybe you're saying, hey, I'm still considering and that's okay, too. I think there's still things that you can take from this. Um, but I do think it's important for us to know as we read this that this is written to those um, who professed faith in Christ. Um, okay, so I'm going to read Galatians 3, 1 through 6. Um, you can read along with me. Um, it's up there. It says, "O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. All right. Let me pray for us real fast. Um, Thanks, Dad, so much for your word. Thanks, God, um, that you offer us freedom. Um, Would you go before this time, Lord? Would your spirit be present um, and speak um, through me, Lord, and that um, you might encourage our hearts and remind us um, of your truth and that that would uh, change us from the inside out in your name. Amen. Okay. So uh, how many of you in here have ever heard of Sorry, I'm trying to keep my, it's a newer Bible, so it uh, flips closed pretty easily. How many of you ever heard of something called the Darwin Awards? Anybody ever heard of the Darwin Awards? A few people. Okay, so our pastor used this example uh, some time ago. He read us some Darwin Awards. That's how I first heard of it. Um, and uh, it, it can be very entertaining. But what it is, is, there's a website. Maybe it goes beyond a website. Um, but there's a website, and let's call it uh, spectacular things that people have done. And I mean that as in, like, uh, they're kind of stupid things that they have done, okay? Um, And so I want to read to you guys one from 2018, okay? Uh, So this says, this is from their website. Nine tourists, a hotel room, a mail delivery of a plain package from a foreign country containing a mysterious white powder labeled Scoop. What would you do with the mystery powder? No one had ordered the substance delivery from New York, and no one knew what Scoop was yet they decided it might be cocaine. The nine tourist backpackers divided the powder equitably into nine small lines and did something crazy. They snorted it. Professor Steve Alsop said, when you don't know what's in a drug, that will significantly increase the risk. Words to remember. Hallucinations started straight away, faces felt like they were melting off, and within 10 minutes, most were unconscious. Authorities arrived to find bodies everywhere senseless or suffering seizures. Apparently, it was quite a sight. Seven men and two women were sent to three different medical facilities for emergency care. Okay, so why do I read that to you? If you're like me, you hear this and you think, what? Like, that really happened? Somebody did that? Um, It seems kind of unbelievable. Um, And I mean, again, there's always someone in a room, so maybe for one of you, that would be a good idea. Um, maybe. But in general, I don't think any of us are going to receive this white powder and think, oh, maybe we should snort that. That seems like a good idea. Um, and you know what? I think that this is the, if this is essentially the kind of thing that Paul is saying to these churches in Galatia. Um, he is saying, hey, foolish. He calls them foolish. And so what does he mean by that? I think that's that's what he's, he's saying is like, you guys know better, right? And so foolish, I looked up um, the word um, for foolish that's used here in the Greek. I did not write it down because I was not going to try and repeat it for you. Um, but I will tell you um, what it means is that you're able to think, but you fail to do so, right? So I think these people in this Darwin Award, right, they're an example. They're probably not dumb people, they're able to think, but they choose not to do so. They haven't put their thinking caps on, right? That's a school term. You're in school. Let's use that. They're not dumb. They're not lacking. They're just not thinking about things rightly. And so then Paul goes on to say, who has bewitched you? Um, so he's also saying, hey, you're thinking, it's, it's not logical. Um, you're not under a spell, but you're acting like you're under a spell. Like, what are you doing? Um, and so he asks them a rhetorical question. Um, and what's a rhetorical question? This is not a rhetorical question. A question you don't answer because you already know the answer to it. Um, and I think we see him do this in a couple of ways. And so I'm going to read um, again. I think it's still, can you put it back up there? I'm so sorry. Thank you. Um, okay, so in verse 2 he says, um, Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Um, Verse three, he says, um, have you begun by the spirit and are now being perfected by the flesh? And then again, in verse five, he basically repeats verse two, does he who supplies with the spirit, supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Paul's calling these Galatian believers out and he's saying, hey, there's two options you've got here. Okay. You can be saved by faith. Um, so you can be saved by what Christ has done when he died on the cross um, or you can be saved by works and he's got to be a little frustrated because he's like you you've trusted in Christ already so you already know only one of these is an actual logical choice is the actual right answer here um, This made me think of our oldest daughter Della um, sweet girl So if she sees a picture or a toy or something on TV, well, she's three, right? So she has a lot of questions. But she might see a picture or a toy or something, even though she already knows what it is, and she'll say, Mama, what's that? And I'm like, Della, you already know what that is. What is it? And she'll look at it, and she'll say, a unicorn? That's what she calls a unicorn. It's very cute. A unicorn? And I'm like, yeah, it's a unicorn. You already knew that. Um, And so she'll pause. And a second later, she'll ask you the same question. Mama, what's that? And I'm like, Della, what is it? You know what it is. A unicorn? Yep, still a unicorn, okay? This goes on two or three or four times, okay? Sometimes <laughs> more than that. Um, and I'm just like, Della, you already know what this is. Um, I'm irritated. I'm exasperated. You could hear it in my voice, right, even as I described it to you. Um, It's frustrating, but I really imagine that this is what Paul's tone is here with these people. He's saying, what are you doing? Della knows the truth. She knows it's a unicorn. These people already knew the truth. They knew, hey, you don't have to work for your salvation. It's been given to you. All right, so in these verses, um, he also mentions a lot the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think that it would be a big miss um, if we didn't briefly touch on that. Um, The Holy Spirit is something that um, I really hope and pray um, that as you, if you walk with Christ, um, if you've trusted in Christ for your salvation, that you um, are growing and understanding. um, I think it is Um, truly life-changing to your walk with Christ. I know it has been mine as he's been gracious to grow me. Um, But even if um, you haven't yet chosen to follow Christ, and that's okay. And you're saying, hey, I'm I'm just exploring spiritual things. Um, What I would want you to know about the Holy Spirit um, is that for those who have trusted in Christ, the Holy Spirit is given as a promise that God will do what he said he would do, and that is eternal salvation. So it's given as a promise. So think about it like this. Um, hopefully this is a, a decent example. You're college students, right? I was in college. I went through college. I graduated. I got a degree, okay? So I have the degree. My degree is in uh, sociology. I don't know Bachelor of Arts or Science, but sociology, that's what my degree is in. They mail me this piece of paper. It's a diploma, right? The diploma is saying, hey, you actually have this degree, Degree, like it's in my possession is something that represents, I do, in fact, have this gift. And so I would say the Holy Spirit, think about it like that. If you trusted in Christ, the Holy Spirit is given as a gift to say, okay, Christ is going to do what he says he'll do, um, and you do, in fact, have um, eternal salvation. Um, and so then Romans 10 goes on to tell us, not only has Christ accomplished all that was required of the law when he died on the cross and rose again, but also all that is required to have eternal salvation and life after death is to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and to believe in your heart that he rose again and you will be saved. And that's it. Um, and so, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, right? So, Paul talking to these believers, he's saying, Hey, you guys have done this. You've confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You've believed in your heart. You have been saved. You have eternal salvation. Um, you no longer need to live by this certain set of rules or standards. The law, if you hear about the law in the Bible, um, the law was given, and essentially it showed them, hey, you can, you can never measure up. Um, you will never be good enough to earn your salvation. Um, but here, these Galatian believers have gone back to saying, hey, I've got to do this or that in order to be saved, even though they already knew that's not the case. And so he's saying, hey, what are you doing? Stop trying to perform in order to be made right with God. Um and then he finishes out, Paul finishes out these verses. Look at verse 6. Um and I'm going to read it to you. It says, "Just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness." Um and so believed God. It says Abraham believed God. He didn't just believe in God. Abraham believed God. Think about the difference there, okay? Abraham took God at his word. Um, He took God at his promise, and Abraham's faith is what saved him. Abraham believed God. It had nothing to do with anything that he had done. And so when we think about freedom, I think it very much relates to this passage. And so I want us to look at that um, more. Okay, what does this have to do with freedom, right? I said that's what we were going to talk about. Um, And so if you hear me say it once, you'll hear me say it 20 times. I love definitions. I'm a simple mind. <laughs> definitions help me understand, okay, what is this actually saying? Um, and so I want us to spend a moment just defining what what is freedom? Like, what even is freedom? And I think we have a slide um, for the definition of freedom. So it's going to be up here. I'm going to read it to you. You can read along. Um, this is coming from a handy dandy Google search. Um, I love Google, right? It's, it's a great tool. Okay, so the Freedom, the power to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint, absence of subjection due to foreign domination, the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved, okay? So this is likely, I mean, it's using maybe some fancier words than we would use in everyday language, but in general, this is what freedom is, okay? So it means that we're under no obligation to anyone to do anything. We don't have to do anything. No one controls us. No one compels us. We can do whatever we want. All right, college, right? Freedom. Mom and dad aren't here. So, again, these are light, but, you know, whatever. Eat dessert for two weeks straight if you want. Like, I'm not going to call your parents and tell them you have freedom. You probably won't feel good, but you could do it. Um, Have an 8 a.m. class tomorrow. That's okay. Like, you can stay up all night if you want. You have freedom nobody's going to stop you, okay? Um, Go see that blockbuster movie at 1 a.m. Get that cookout tray, right? Take it, well, maybe don't take it with you. That's against the rules, but anyways, okay. Um, But if you have freedom, it really means that you can do whatever you want. And so I want to read, or paraphrase, Uh, nope, I'm reading it to you. All right, this is a verse in John 8, and this is Jesus speaking to Jews who have become Christians. And what he says is, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Um, disciples means followers, so people who follow Christ. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so, Paul here, talking to these Galatian churches, these disciples, these followers of Christ, he's saying, You've been set free from the law. Um, you are you are free. This freedom, right? Like absence of subjection due to foreign domination. You can speak and act without hindrance or restraint. Um, You're not imprisoned. You're not enslaved. Um, He's reminding them that no amount of obeying these rules, this law that they've been given, and that they're now going back and trying to follow, is ever going to save them. They trusted in Christ, but again, they're trying to save themselves. Um, So think about you're all college students you might have a job you might have parents who are able to pay for a lot of things um and that that's not a put down that's a great thing praise the lord um but in general what I would say is most of you at some point be it in college or right after you're going to feel the way of oh my word I'm a broke college student I ain't got no money right like yeah you can say amen right anybody yeah okay I felt that I remember that okay So you just, in short, you're a little bit poor, right? Um, And so what if I told you that someone wanted to cover all of your expenses for college? Um, Yeah, bring it. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I wish too, right? Um, So let's say that somebody wants to cover all of your expenses. And so I'm not just talking that they want to cover your room and board, your meal plan, your tuition. I'm saying everything. Do you need a car to drive to class? Yeah, all right. They're going to buy you a car, okay? Do you need some new clothes? Like we even bought Della, our three-year-old, a dress to wear to the first day of preschool. Like first day of school clothes, that's a thing still. Need that and more? You got it, okay? They're going to pay for it. Now, I love WAG, but I know <laughs> not everybody does, right? See, it got some throw-up faces already. But instead of WAG, you can eat whatever you want, okay? They're going to foot the bill. So you don't just have to eat on campus. If you want steak every night, go have steak. If you want shrimp and grits, go have shrimp and grits. You're not putting the bill, okay? Uh, this was the thing for me. Redecorate your room however you want as often as you want, okay? Watch those home improvement shows. There's no end. You can do what you want. Somebody else is paying. So what if somebody offered you this level of freedom, right? And you said, "Nah, I'll take the 50k loan that I'll be paying for for the rest of my life. I'm going to keep eating at WAG, I'm going to walk everywhere, when I graduate I'm just going to keep eating ramen, okay? Ramen's not that bad, but we're not going to do that, right? Realistically speaking, we're not going to do that. Um, That person who's offered us this level of freedom, they're a champion, right? They've rescued us, they've given us this wonderful gift, we're not going to turn that down. But guys, what I think is that we do this all the time. I think that we've been given this gift of freedom, and we're still turning it down. Um, And so we're declining freedom. Um, So we've defined freedom. Let's talk about what it looks like for us to decline freedom. Christ came to offer us freedom. um, And whether we've confessed with our mouths and believed in our hearts, or we haven't yet decided, wherever you fall, we still don't live in freedom. I'm not just talking to you guys. This is true for me too, okay? I I fight this battle every day. We live our lives concerning ourselves um, or more like consuming ourselves with so many things that will never save us. We are trying to save ourselves. See if you can relate to any of these, okay? If my grades are perfect, my transcript will be and therefore my resume will be and I'll get my dream job. If I'm successful freedom, right? I make lists, I check them twice, and plan every last minute of my day and everyone else's day because being out of control is definitely not freedom. The better I look, the more likely I am to attract that spouse I've dreamed about marrying since I was a kid. I won't be alone, and that's freedom, right? Maybe you're an advocate for justice and fairness everywhere. You go out of your ways to point out any flaws or indifference or unfairness, because no one else is going to do it, so somebody's got to. Maybe you choose to wear or say or drink or even ingest things that don't feel right, um, that you really don't like, but you're worried about what others will think of you if you don't. Maybe you spend time in romantic relationships, um, including emotional or physical intimacy, because you want to feel something. Um, Or what about this one, okay? Read my Bible? Check. Prayed for all the people? Check. The more I do things, the better a Christian I'll be and everyone will see how good I am. Freedom, right? How about you guys? That list is exhausting, okay? I can relate to more of them than I would like to check off and it is a heavy weight, okay? Does that sound like freedom? Wait, does that sound like you're not under restraint? It doesn't to me. We look to these things that can't save us, that can't add, they can't add or take away value from our lives, and they'll never be able to make us free. Um, And if you keep working through that list, and I'm guilty, I do it too, but you guys, the longer we live in this list, we will always be slaves. We will never have the freedom that we were meant to experience. It is literally never-ending. Galatians 5.1, so if you were to flip over, you don't need to do that. I don't even know if there's a slide. I honestly can't remember. There is. Okay, Matthew, thank you. Um, I'm going to read it to you, but it says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. All right, so John Piper, he's a popular Christian author and speaker, if you're not familiar with him, And I'm going to read you a quote um, where he is elaborating on this verse. He says, Christ w- Christ's will for you is that you enjoy freedom. Where you go to school, what job you do, where you live, are not nearly so crucial as to whether you stand fast in freedom. If they were, the Bible would have commanded those things clear." commanded those things as clearly as it here commands freedom, but it doesn't. Christ dying on the cross and rising again, he did that to set us free, okay? He set us free so we could be free. That's what this is saying. For freedom, Christ has set us free. It's saying you're supposed to be free, so live free, okay? He wants us, Christ wants us to be free, John 8.32 says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But if something is dominating my time or your time, my talent or your talent, our attention, our emotions, our heart, our motives, and it's not Christ, then we are still slaves. We are not free, and that's not what Christ died for. And I think we spend each and every day in some way declining the true freedom that Christ has offered to us. Um, and so what does it look like for us to not do that anymore? What do we need to remember? What do we need to focus on? Where do we go to here? Where do we go from here? <laughs> All right, so Galatians 3, 3 through 6. Um, I'm going to read it to you again. These are verses we already read. So these Galatians, uh, these people in these Galatian churches that Paul is writing to, they are believers or Christians. So they are people who have said, hey, I believe that Christ died um, and rose again, and I believe that that is all I need to do to have freedom, to have eternal life. Um, They recognized, right, that they couldn't save themselves, that this law that they had been given, they could never live up to. It would never make them perfect and holy. But here, Paul is saying, what are you doing? Like we have said, why are you working so hard Um, for something you know you can't do? And so I wanted to read these verses that are likely familiar, again, if you've spent time in the Bible. um, And if not, um, we would love to talk through these with you. Um, But Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. There is no amount of anything that we can do that will ever save us. Um, there is no amount of any good thing, even good things, right, that we can do that will be enough to offer us freedom. Um, I think we have to claim the freedom that Christ offers as our own. We can't work our way to salvation. The gap is far too wide. And there's no way we can create our own satisfaction and fulfillment. I've done it. It's not there, right? There's always one more thing, right? That's not freedom. That's not freedom. But praise the Lord, guys, we don't have to do that. So I want you to think for a second. Where do you feel the most weight to save yourself? What are the things that you regularly think about or imagine will bring some new level of freedom for you? If only I am fill in your blank. So are you always looking to please other people? Are you saying yes and serving, your others, serving others and doing your best, but in an effort to be liked? That's not freeing at all. Are you looking for comfort, contentment, satisfaction, and things like friendship or romance or possessions? Are you following all of the rules and checking all of the lists and being a better Christian than anyone around you, and you still don't feel free? Christ offered us grace, and grace brings about freedom. And when we waste our time and our energy and our talents and our emotions on trying to save ourselves by any other means than what Christ did, I think what we're doing is saying, hey, your death and resurrection meant nothing. Hard to think about because I do that all the time. We're missing out on the freedom that Christ offers. Christ offers to us, and we're saying, "Hey, what you did, it wasn't good enough. I'm going to keep trying to save myself." I don't think any of us want to admit that, but I think we do that so often. Um, Paul David Tripp is another really popular author and speaker, um, and in his uh, it's like a devotional book called New Morning Mercies. Um, he says this. This was actually just from a couple of days ago, and a friend who knew I was sharing. Um, on freedom sent me this, and I thought it was great. So it says, none of us is wise enough, strong enough, faithful enough, or righteous enough to rule ourselves well. We are no more hardwired to rule our own lives than a beagle is hardwired to live in a water-filled aquarium. Bless his heart. Imagine that, okay? The goal of grace is not to produce in you the ability to live independently, the agenda of grace is to transform you into a person who humbly recognizes your need for authority and celebrates the holy, loving, and benevolent authority of God. I'll say it again. We've said it already so many times. You don't have to work for the freedom that Christ offers to you. So if you feel like you're working for freedom, if you feel like you're working for satisfaction and contentment, then you're not living in the freedom that Christ has offered. He loves you, and not only does he love you, but he wants to give you this freedom. He wants you to be free. He died so that you could live and be free. The Bible tells us uh, in Romans that we're all sinners. Um, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, And then it also tells us, for the wages of sin is death. Um, And so the wages, the payment. Um, Not only are we all sinners, not only are we going our own way, um, but because we've gone against God, there's a punishment for that, and that punishment is death. Um, And then in Hebrews, it tells us, um, just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Um, So not only will we die, but we have to face judgment. Um, But God... In that one of the, like, I love that phrase, but God. I think it's one of the most powerful phrases, um, or at least it feels that way to me. Uh, Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ paid the price for my sins. He paid the price for your sins. Christ paid for me going my own way, and he paid for you going your own way. He conquered death. And when he rose again, and he did, y'all, he rose again, he claimed our freedom over sin and death. Um, And so what if we chose, instead of fighting to earn for it and to be good enough or to have enough, to look at and recognize and accept what Christ has already done and to truly live free? All right, so eat what you want, okay? Cookout is great. Dessert is great. Take care of your bodies, right? Like, I'm uh, (laughs) shocking, but, like, I'm on the upper end, like, moving towards 40 here, okay? That's a little terrifying. Take care of your bodies. Listen to it for me, okay? Get married if that's what the Lord has for you. That's not a wrong desire. Have a job you love and even one that makes you a lot of money. Read your Bible. Pray. Serve other people. But I want you guys, I want us, I want me to do these things because we get to not because we have to, not because they will ever save us. We are not slaves. We weren't meant to be slaves when Christ has offered us freedom, Um, and if you choose to believe in God like Abraham did and trust in Christ to save you, you don't have to work for anything. It's all been given to you, and you are free, and so I want to close with the words to a song um, that I love, um, just it's really just the the chorus of the song, but it says uh, and just and just think about these. Um, I'll I'll pray for us in a second, but maybe make these um, the prayer of your heart wherever you're at. Okay, it says, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner, now I'm not. With your blood, you bought my freedom. Hallelujah for the cross. Um, thanks, Dad, um, so much for. Um, <laughs> thanks, God, for sending your son Jesus um, to die on the cross. Um, And thank you, God, that he rose again and that he conquered death, um, Lord, and that uh, he offers freedom that we can live in, Lord. And um, thanks, God, that we don't have to save ourselves. And so I pray, God, that you would make that real um, in our lives, Lord, and that we would let go um, of trying to save ourselves and just enjoy uh, the good gifts that you have given. And we love you, Lord, and we ask this in your name. Amen.